1979, Ridley, New, 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 New World Scott's Order. Alien. The two hosts that you've come to respect over these six years, Dale underscore A and Slim. This is the Paper Cake Show, The Sinister 278. Sinister, my word. Coming back to us from his walkabout in Disney. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did walk quite oh, yeah. a bit. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. You know, um, just advice to parents of kids who love Star Wars, buy the lightsabers late in the week. That would be my, you know, if I can give you that nugget of parental advice. Did you get the custom oh, lightsaber? Did, you, did they build one? Yeah, we stood in line. In um, MGM Studios, and there's like a, uh, a a hostess, I guess, that uh, gets you online, and then you tell her which one you want, and then for the kids it's great because you build it piece by piece, and she helped Jack make a, he was obsessed with Kylo Ren, but his favorite color is green, so it blew his mind that he could get a green lightsaber with a Kylo Ren handle. Mm. Just mind blown. Mm. You know? You know Maybe. What I didn't like, sorry, yeah. oh, I was going to say, what I didn't like about those is they don't compress the whole way. Those yeah. Those custom lightsabers. Um, which I didn't like, and because they don't compress all the way, they don't lock. So, like, if you want to throw it in a, let's say, a stroller, you have mm-hmm. to, like, get a piece of scotch tape and tape it down, or, like I did, decide to have it extended the whole time and proceed to have a six or seven hour grueling lightsaber duel with my four-year-old because I couldn't figure out what else to do with these two lightsabers that I bought at the start of the day as opposed to on the way out. Many mistakes were made uh, that I will not repeat <laughs> in the future. This is this huge there burden sh- There should bear. be some kind of like, uh, well, this is Paper Cake Podcast where three friends talk about movies. It's always been about <laughs> movies. And, we'll uh, always be about movies. is no different. We're talking about Alien 1979. And we've always been at war with Eurasia. <laughs> there should be some kind of like modernized, if you're an adult and you have, you're a geeky adult, these are the things you should and should not do when you go to Disney. Yeah. One of there them really is, should be a, a hundred point list. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was one. It, Save those purchases for the it, end. It rained when uh, we were there. When we went to the, was it the Animal Kingdom? Mm-hmm. Is that the one that's outside? Yeah. Well, they're all outside, but. Yeah, my shoes were destroyed. I had to, like, throw those shoes out. Cool. <laughs> we left the sho- we left all our shoes, like, outside of the hotel room. We had to get, we had to buy those um, ponchos. Oh, yeah. So, let me tell you about the, the ponchos, Matt. What really burns my Uh-oh. biscuit. Getting burned. So, I go, I you know, I go to Kmart. Of all places, because I go to Walmart because it's right across from work. No ponchos to be found. So I go to Kmart of all places, like going to the Dirt Mall. The place is an S. They have an S hole. They have ponchos, though. 
So I buy. There's gonna be six, five of us. Well, Kmart is famous. I mean, famous. I, that's yeah, what they should they just be called sales. Poncho Mart or Kcho. So I get <laughs> five pon- family five. I get five ponchos. I spent about twenty bucks. You know, twenty five bucks. I think total. Steal. Uh, and it doesn't rain not a drop the whole GT time of there. But I know if I didn't, it would have rained every day. So I guess it was twenty five dollars well right. spent. But it was worth it. I mean, how do you, what makes you think in our area that Kmart is your second stop? I would never consider to go to Kmart out of like any of the places in our area. Well, Target. You know, if you, you, if you think Target? of the travel path from where I work Dick's to home, <laughs> sporting goods. I'm traveling down 63. So Dick's the first sporting stop. goods and ponchos. I mean, it's in the name of the <laughs> company. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, Dick's store. Listen, Dick's is a D-hole of a place to shop. No, that is not true. Right, listen, Gosh, I went- to Kmart? Hold, please. Hold, please. And I'll tell you why. So I go to buy some Adidas brand clothes because I'm starting to wear out my Kung Fu clothes. And- Huge Jonathan the, Davis fan, <laughs> by the way. The <laughs> prices, Dick's compared to Amazon order online are like 25% different. It's a huge markup of Dick's. It's, an, it's insane. So then that begs the question, why uh, didn't you just go to Jonesy. Amazon? I did. I'm wearing those pants right now. Jonesy, come on. I'm, this is not a commercial to for be Amazon. Fair, I'm just saying. To be fair, you are. You just compared every other store to Amazon. They all sell We're stuff We're getting into some Jonesy conspiracy Amazon. theory, stonecutter, shenanigans, D-hole. where it's all an Illuminati Listen, scam. The dairy Illuminati, they called the weather channels or the, the news. They're like, we see there's a storm coming. Tell them it's going to be 12 inches. We want everybody to go to the grocery store, buy salt, buy shovels. You know, it's going to be a mild winter. We really need to juice sales. Ponchos at Kmart. So they, they bribe these weather people to lie. And then I get up for work, blacktop. Not a single speck of snow on these streets. What are you talking about? There was like five inches out there we this live, You are out of your mind. I got I got up not, and left for work at Slim, eight. That's not enough. You and I live... Five minutes from each other. There's not enough distance between us for me to get five inches of snow and you to get You nothing. did not get five inches of snow, sir. Did not happen. <laughs> Classic Jonesy. This Vitriol. is, I mean, if you look back over the six I years of paper snow, K, these could be some of the, our most favorite days of the year because Jonesy goes to work and he's the only one that shows up. Call so out he's got to work. Because they don't want to drive in six inches of snow with their front wheel drive. They might die on six, the way to work. Six inches of listen, blacktop. There wasn't a... No, but listen. I got to Wawa <laughs> and there was got nobody it. in the parking lot and there was no listen, snow on the ground. None. That's Wawa. They Zero. They in advance. They probably had a foot of salt listen, out I drove lot. up... Six eleven, the only a hole going to work with zero snow on the ground. I could have got out of the truck, rolled on in in the middle of six eleven, the biggest route around here. Got no snow on my outfit because there wasn't a GD spec on the road, and not got run over because nobody else had the wherewithal to go to work today. Sorry, sounds like Jim's had a great day. I had a terrible day. It was terrible. Mm. It was really terrible. You know, we have a big show. You know, and why? Let's just cut all this out because this really just <laughs> made, this makes me sound like it's not an yeah, insane person. Is, yeah. <laughs> Alien this week, Ridley Scott. We're going to get into that just around the corner. Stay tuned. Really? Don't turn the dial. Sorely missed that uh, Disney World chatter. I mean, we just went right to Cambridge. <laughs> <to>, uh, <laughs> Disney was great. 
I gotta ask though, as um, fathers with children, like if you don't use FastPass Plus, you might as well just not go. Am I right? Like you guys used the app when you were down there? Yeah, it's true. Uh, I think we use FastPass on like one thing a day. Like we, one or two things. Like she would plan it out and we'd have like two or three, these are our FastPass things that we're doing today. And then the rest, mm-hmm. we kind of just winged it and tried to get in line. Hmm. We, we I also think, did the meal plan. Yeah, we did too. Oh boy, love That's it. That's the way to go. I think anybody, and I think anyone who gets above the standard, you got to question what they're doing it for. Because we had meals left over when we left. Because wow. and we were eating, uh, you know, I think that you get a quick service, a table meal, and a snack every day, and that's a lot of food. That's a lot of food. I, yeah, we we, saved, uh, we I used them up for popcorn. The, the, yeah, I'll tell you what, Disney popcorn. Easily exceptional best you'll ever have in exceptional. your life. What I thought was a great idea is that Fact. you could um, use your snack to buy the tub, and it only cost you a dollar fifty to refill anywhere in the four parks. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I we got that. we got the bucket on the snack plan, and then if we want to refill it, only a dollar fifty cash. Hmm. So we would. Nice. So yeah, you just like hook the tub to exactly, your exactly. Put your it on a well, not on around. my belt, but we all right on the stroller, <laughs> and then like at Fantasmic, yeah, my poncho tassel. <laughs> at Fantasmic, there's a popcorn stand, dollar fifty. Everybody's got a snack. You're not, you know oh, what I mean? Oh God. And, yeah. uh, and come on now, but yeah, we. I think Saturday, uh, we ate at the Wave because we stayed at the Bay Lake Towers, and the Wave is like I guess their nicer restaurant and. Um, the contemporary. So when we ate, we had one extra table service. But like, so it was the family of five sitting down plus one table service. So like, I had two steaks for dinner. It was fantastic. My God, nice, my God. nice yeah. dirt bag. I love it. Oh so, my God. so I put like four pounds. So Jonesy of solid fat back on last week. <laughs> Reveal to me. Uh, did you get to enjoy Jock Lindsay's at all? So here's my Jock Lindsay experience. And I hope it doesn't infuriate you. First of all, so, what is Jock Lindsay? I oh, so no Jock Lindsay is. is the pilot that flies Indy out of South America in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. I hate snakes, Jock. I hate them. So they make a Jock Lindsay themed restaurant. And so we're going to eat lunch at Downtown Disney at um, Miramoto's. Miramoto's? Miramoto's? Because that's you get table service at Miramoto's. So it's like would be like a $210 meal you're getting for free with table service with a dining plan. So we're like, we have to take advantage of at least one five-star restaurant. So we go there, we put it in for lunch for table service. And then of course the wait's like 15 and a half hour. And I'm like, I just want to go to Jock Lindsay's and at least like sit down and have a beer because it's like a little cabana tavern. Well, at that point, my four-year-old decided he's going to take the nastiest ass on the planet. So I get to go spend a half hour in the bathroom with Jock Lindsay's and not do a single thing besides have my son sit on the pot and then go back because we get as soon as I get him cleaned up we got his pants back on he's the shoes back on because he's kicking his shoes off because it's it's hot and he's he's day six and he's had enough I wrestle him yeah rain him back yeah. in and I get the text your table's ready 
So you're hanging out on the outside of Morimoto waiting to get in. You're like, let's go use the bathrooms at Jock Lindsay's. So I can go sit down and have a beer at the bar I want to go to. The only place I really want to go to. I had three things I wanted to do. I wanted to go to the last year for the Indiana Jones stunt show, which we did. And Jack loved it, which I love that he loved it. I wanted to have dinner in Germany. It's probably my favorite restaurant in Disney. And I wanted to have a beer at Jock Lindsay's. And I, I got to do two of those things. So it's not a Wasn't bad a total loss, Not a bad then. record. No. And it's it's really cool in there. It's like this little out of the way. It, mm-hmm. You really feel like you're in like, like a South America hole in the wall bar where like mm-hmm. the bartender is jock yeah. and he's got his, you know, the his pet snake behind the bar. So like it's like, it's really cool. Yeah, I love... I love how it's like a little social club and like the, the wait staff there are just there and like Jock could be in or out at any time. He's got like his office yeah, upstairs. There's like a story. He's, he's there's like, like a story missing, to right? it. He's missing. You like, you yeah. really feel like when you walk through the door, you're, you could be in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's really cool. But the only thing I could do there was watch a four-year-old scream at me from a toilet seat. Which is an amazing time. Scream at you. <laughs> scream at you. <laughs> Uh, so. next week, you know, we just got a bombshell dropped on us pre-show. <laughs> Dale's going to be out of town. One of his patented last minute, week. you know, breaks. He's going to be gone, Jones. It's just you and me. Okay. And, you know, we you don't have, have to. Are you going to tantalize me with a suggestion right now? We don't have to do this. This is just an idea. Okay, hit me. Something it's gonna be something, something just got added back to Netflix. Okay. Ooh. It, it's a little movie. Mm-hmm. Goes by the name of The Last Samurai. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing it out there. We could do comic books. We could do what we read that week. We could do whatever. I think it's fate. It's an option. I think it's fate that you and I talk about The Last Samurai. Maybe we have to break it into two episodes. Hans Zimmer's soundtrack, its own complete episode, mm. and then the movie is a secondary episode. Boy, I haven't listened to that soundtrack in too long. I'm going to add that to my Spotify the, tonight. God, God help us. His hair in that movie. Just majestic. Alone. And his beard. Arugalan! <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, movie this week, movie club... We do it every week. This is our 278. (laughs) I got a quick health update here, guys. It's like you're pulling the ticker out of the (laughs) stock uh, machine, this ticker tape. Before we get into the movie, I just want to put out there, about a month ago, maybe longer at this point, as you may know if you follow my Twitter before I quit it, I switched to organic okay. deodorant. Oh. Mm-hmm. Aluminum-free organic deodorant. Okay. So I just want to give you guys the latest. Uh, I, by the end of the day, I'm, I'm not completely stinking. I don't stink. You know, it's like by the end of the day, there's like a neutral smell, right? But if I were to, to, to go the next morning and not reapply, I would definitely start to stink. Uh, but probably in the last week and a half, some really interesting developments. Thing. My armpits are really irritated uh, now. And when I lift them up and put them in front of the hotel mirror, they're probably like a, like a, like a, uh, 
an infected pink color. Really? I can't are describe are they my bumpy armpits other than too? infected pink. Are they bumpy and burny? Like, do they burn? It's not bump. No, it's that happened to me. I can't remember what ingredient that was that irritated me, but I had to stop certain deodorants. I mean, I have I switched to Dove, like extra fresh, like Dove Men deodorant, and I got it. It's yeah. the gel, and I got the same reaction. I had to switch yeah, back to uh, like the white deodorant. Like the powdery oh, kind. This could be Jail's last appearance, really, with arms on the podcast. They might just scoop, like, they might just have to take everything. I heard that yeah. organic deodorant is made of xenomorph uh, spit. So it's probably slowly it could be. I mean, away. I, if it turns your uh, armpits hot <laughs> pink, like, uh, like the color of probably uh, Slim's immersion foot in Disney World. <laughs> what immersion foot what is that set my foot in the rain <laughs> yeah that's what would uh call back that's what would happen to soldiers in uh, the first in the in you know the yeah. big wars the great war they would mostly like like the huge uh huge reason they were put like on you know taken to the back of the front lines is because of uh, immersion foot because they're sitting in oh water for immersion is what you're saying Immersion, right. immersion. For you know what immersion. felt uh, coincidentally? What felt like a war was on Twitter today when you mentioned you trying to order some Papa John's pizza. Yeah, and really. you got just lit up like it was uh, RoboCop with they're trying to do the demo in the boardroom, and the Ed Two Hundred Nine starts shooting at the guy, and he's getting lit up like, uh, uh, and then he falls backwards <laughs> in the extended scene, right. and he's still getting shot. You know, people didn't like that. You it's like, like if, and honestly, that I like. Papa John's pizza. It's it's almost like if I were that guy in the boardroom and uh, in the movie, there was a scene where they showed him ordering Papa John's on his phone and Ed 209 like picked up on it right away and told you, you are not to do that. You are not allowed to like that. Yeah. It's not to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, I thought Rem Mike D was going to issue you some kind of demerit. Yeah, food demerit. Like, uh, two more demerits and you have to go to Twitter detention. You know, yeah. no. Ad no, Custom no chimed in on Twitter. Custom. You know, what are these ad, people? Ad Custom. The guy for pleasure uh, drinks apple cider vinegar, cups <laughs> fulls of it. Who, That's what he does. Who are these people to to uh, judge you and us on what we like to eat in our free time. Let's 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 audit their let's diets. Audit. You know? See what yeah. they're going through every day. See what they like to relax to. Right. You know? Exactly. Because it's, you know, six in one, half a dozen in the other. I mean, have you have these people, people have these people never had Papa John's chicken pizza? That's I pretty mean, good. I mean, have they never have they never uh, 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 had the pleasure of shaking up the garlic dipping sauce can- little canister? Oh yeah, that, you know what? Open the lid. There's nothing better than scarfing down, saving that crust, and then dipping it in that garlic sauce. And this is our show. Yeah, you know. So we're going to talk about it. You know what? Episode two eighty. We're all back together. We all mm-hmm. separately order Papa John's pizza and eat it on the air and talk about Holy the flavors. Holy crap. You know what? 
and just maybe we should record maybe maybe we record a local episode from a papa john's (laughs) oh my god and I'm such Let's a fool up. for him. You know, Jonesy, if the snow has dissipated, there's a Papa John's right down the street from us. Oh, God. Right by the yes. mall. Here, listen. Uh-huh. Let, newsflash. There ain't a GD inch of snow on the ground now. We could go right now because there's no snow on the ground. I mean, that no. place is so I guarantee sweet. they. I guarantee they all caught out of work today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Everybody at you know that they're, they're smoking their marijuana cigarettes and playing their Xboxes, uh-huh. and they don't have the you know work ethic to get off their duffs and go to work. What would it, what would happen if their paycheck were one day late? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they would they would be up in arms. That well, sorry, it snowed a payroll, babe. I can't get that check out to you. I had to go. I had to go smoke a marijuana cigarette and fire up my Xbox. My favorite part of Jonesy subtweeting these people is that they don't listen to the show. Yeah, so they have no, there's they, almost yeah, no who, impact for them. To actually, it's probably, it by it's, listening. Prob- it's not even like cathartic. So really, there's like a negative impact where I just get even more agitated. I'm just saying, the 13 yeah. year old night manager of Papa John's <laughs> would be absolutely into us recording a, sh- a mini show, mm. mini sode from Papa John's as we scarf down Jesus. garlic, pizza, get some mm, boneless yes. wings. Get and a, maybe get their little lava cake, their little oh, chocolate yeah. dessert. We maybe we it. wash it down with a cold Mountain Dew two liter from their fridge. Frig me. <laughs> it's it's going to be so cold. I'm going to be sitting in there like eating at, at a weird angle because I can't put my arms down because my infected like hot pink <laughs> armpits. They're so tender to even like I can't put my arms at my side. So like I'll have to like dip. I'll be to getting the pizza and like dipping, like mm. bending my whole torso down to dip into the garlic, the sweet, delicious garlic dipping sauce that nobody will ever, ever tell me again that I can't have. <laughs> Alien 1979. Jonesy, can you set the stage for Ridley Scott's horror space opera? So, I mean, I, I can't imagine that anyone listening to this show has never seen Alien. Um, So I'm not going to give you a long-winded synopsis, but I will say Alien is a two-hour experiment in dread and and filling you with a sense of... It's like a yin-yang filling you with a sense of dread and relief. Dread and relief. And it really... The the main plot is the... uh, the towing vessel Nostromo is uh, commissioned by um, was it the Wendell Corporation. I can I can never remember the name. It's the uh, Wayland Wayland the Wayland Corporation. So Utani. I don't know where Wendell came from. I almost said Tyrell to be honest because I pretty much believe this takes place in the same universe as Blade Runner. So they uh, the Wayland Corporation they construct this vessel and on their way back you know it's a it's like a generational ship it's not a uh, it's not a faster than light vessel so the crew survives by going into hibernation through these long uh, trips so they're called out of hibernation early to address a um, what they ascertain as a distress signal and part of the the charter of uh, any spacefaring craft is if you come across any potential alien life, no matter if you are government, if you're private, if you're corporate, 
you have to investigate. So they go to this planetoid where there is a crashed um, vessel of unknown origin. And um, they they send a crew, you know, the captain, the, uh, the XL, and the one more crew member investigate, and they find eggs. And Kane, who's the executive officer, you know, volunteers go and uh, basically see what's up. And that's the first time we see a face hugger, which is like the uh, the larval stage of the alien. And you, Kane goes back to the craft, and and I'm not explaining characters like Ripley and Dallas because I'm assuming the audience these are iconic for the series, so they know who I'm talking about. So Ripley has the chance to save the day in like the first thirty minutes when she denies that no one can come like did you guys get that that the, the movie whole movie could end it right there yeah the protocol is you guys don't come on board the alien oh. dies from exposure they all go home everybody lives so yeah. the the pivotal part of the movie is ash who is the science officer sent from the tyrell corporation oh. or wayland corporation <laughs> but i mean whichever uh he breaks the quarantine, which you find out why later on. And basically, that lets the alien manifest on the ship. And what happens is a survival tale, almost like if a like a wolf got released in a submarine. And how does that play out? Uh, you know, what are Ash's real intentions... Is there a hidden motivator behind the alien? You know, who are the crashed creatures on the planetoid? And it ends, like I said, the yin and yang. You think Ripley saved the day. She jettisons in the shuttle. You know, she's the only remaining person. You're relieved. And the alien is still aboard and she's forced to fight the battle once again. So Alien, probably the first sci-fi horror film the first mainstream sci-fi horror, horror film, maybe you would say, 1979. Um, definitely the first... This is like Blade Runner 0.5 for me. This is... So I saw Alien a long, 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 long time ago. Barely remembered any details. Mm-hmm. Saw Blade Runner recently. So I got to see it again, almost fresh, through the lens of Blade Runner. And you could definitely tell that Alien was his practice run to bring the world of Blade Runner to life. And I don't I don't think I've ever placed Alien in any kind of top ten or top twenty. And I I really care for aliens more than I do for this movie. But I will say this. I don't think I would ever want to watch a Ridley Scott action movie again. I would rather see him do a suspense or a drama because these movies are so much more impactful than like uh, like Gladiator, which is pretty much like nonstop action. You know what I mean? Like these kind of movies, these really thoughtful movies that have these kind of ambiguous interpretations, I think might be his best work. Hmm. There you have it. We can just end the show. Okay, see you guys. 
Very good, Gen Z. I was actually going to say how funny it would be if in the special edition box set that you have, Dale, that mm-hmm. one of the special editions of the film is like a 30-minute cut and they actually don't let them back in and then the like Ripley just like relaxes <laughs> drinking coffee and the movie just ends. All right. She's like, I was following protocol. I was following science department protocol. Uh, That's what happens. I mean, what, a rev- what a revelation she is in this movie. Honestly, oh God. Sigourney she's majestic. She is. She's stunning. Was this way, shape, her, form. Was this her first role? Like her first breakout role? I want to say yes. Yeah. I want to say yes because I I remember um, reading that I think Ridley Scott or a producer saw her on, in on stage somewhere in a play, and she like wasn't normally in film. Mm. And I think that's when they cast her. She's like, I don't know how to describe her beauty. It's like something ethereal, like mm. brightish. I don't know. And she, I felt like she, I, I think she was this character in like Aliens, but she could have been the female like Bruce Willis-esque yeah. character in the 80s or whatever, if she wanted to. Like, yeah, not she, that, I don't even think the world was ready for that in the eighties, but right. she is so bad a in this movie while still retaining her her feminine quality. Like nothing I can really compare it to. Like she's just a hard ass. She like when mm-hmm. she, no, I'm not letting you in. Like there's mm-hmm. no like e- even compared to the other uh, female crew member whose name suddenly escapes me. Like, there's no comparison to, like, how strong a character Ripley is. It, it The way it comes across is she's, I mean, she's obviously scared to death of what the heck is transpiring, but she is keeping it, like, she is able to act in a way that she legitimately looks like a person scared, to, but she's surviving. She's doing what she has to to survive because she's the only person she can rely on by the end of the film. And she's so competent in a way that is very convincing because there are a ton of action movies and I'll even use John McClane as an example. You know, Bruce Willis's most famous character. You know, after after the first Die Hard movie, like the next three, you're like, this person can't be this competent at every action they do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. he was vulnerable in the first movie while still being competent and ripley is the same way she's vulnerable in a situation she's very vulnerable but she's Mm -hmm. just competent and and has this self-confidence that allows her to overcome this this situation she's in and it's it's super convincing like if i were on a ship i would want ripley as my captain like Mm -hmm. They, they played doubt. up. They played up the um her, um, her and her like she was very against Ash in the like she she always had like weird thoughts about Ash. She didn't trust him. Ash, who eventually was revealed to be a robot skin job. Come on, following the orders of Mother, the computer. But she mm-hmm. was she was very untrusting of Ash, and she always was picking at him at various points during the movie too. Like really hard, like so. She was very uh, aware of kind of something that something was going on, but she couldn't really yeah. place it. So she just kept jabbing at him. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, because she's she, like, it's so funny that there was something about her gut that was telling her question everything. Mm-hmm. 
because it's just not it hasn't been right since you know they woke up early from their to their journey home right and when you look and when you don't really pay attention to ash through the whole movie until he reveals himself but when you go back like his reactions to certain things and his expressions totally take on a different life like oh yeah you th- his urgent his urgent uh overriding uh of uh, dallas to get him back in on the sh- to get john hurt back in on the ship yeah so and he when comes hurt, off and as when spineless yeah and when hurts chest uh when he's having lunch when he wakes up when uh after the face hugger leaves his body and they're all having lunch yeah ash looks at and- him at one point expectantly he's like is it gonna happen now or like yeah. why isn't it happening yet and it, there's no reason for him to make that face whatsoever so when you do w- look back it's like every scene he's in he's squirrely yeah. but you don't realize yeah. it yeah I, I mean and i had forgotten because it's been so long i ash just came off as spineless to me kind of a you know like a big corporate J bag and then mm-hmm. when you finally realize that uh the Whalen Corporation is behind this the whole time in order to get the alien to produce as like a weapon. Like that's mm. that's a big twist to the story that you like you don't see coming. At least yeah. I didn't. And um you know, I didn't see Alien Prometheus, or is it just Prometheus? Like I think it's just Prometheus. It's just Prometheus. Yeah. So how does how does the corporation know about the 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 large extraterrestrials the the huge body ones that you see the corpses of in the original crash how did they know the about engineers? them and how did they know about the xenomorphs like how do they get that information did i miss that uh you mean in the movie that we watched how do yeah. they well they i think they only in this movie they only know about the distress signal that's all that's all that's revealed in this film so the, but i think later so are we to connect then and I'm not saying this as a, um, not nitpicking. I'm just honestly asking: Are we supposed to connect that the corporation deciphered the signal, decided it was an alien craft, and then sent them? But like, how like long range sensors give them the information about the alien? I think we're led to believe that uh, Wayland knew something was up with that ship, and they wanted them to go check it out. Okay. All right. So it was predetermined yeah, that, before they left, right? Okay. And that's why Ash was put on the assignment two days before right. they it, left. Th- I thought that was a throwaway line at the beginning. Dallas pretty much like, listen, I don't know this guy. We, uh, I was going to go with my standard guy, and then two days before, mm-hmm. he gets sick, and this guy gets replaced. Like so, which is crazy. Like you know, the undertones of like corporate greed and stuff like that. Because when it cur- turns out, like Mother's directive was investigate, bring pa- back any life crew was expendable all yeah. crew was expendable i i remember also Crazy. thinking dallas like dallas was like a red herring for ripley to be the real hero because i think they present him as the at first to be the one that's going to be the hero of this well, he, gets, uh, he gets top billing tom scarrett but let yeah. me tell you mm-hmm. he's kind of a a-hole the whole time like he's not a likable character i don't think from jump street like he he doesn't really he's not a strong just, protagonist but i think like i think it works well into the character because 
I mean, it's just like a mining barge. It's like a towing barge. Yeah. Like this is these are like, like blue collar spacefarers. Right, 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 right. He's you know he's probably got kids in college at home, and he just wants to get home. And he doesn't want to do anything extra. I got right. it. I think my favorite part of the movie is the com- combination of great writing and great acting by the engineers Parker oh. and Brett, Harry Dean Stanton. Amazing from, this movie. From, oh heck yeah! From the beginning of the film, their relationship together to when they're kind of—I mean, every scene they're in together, they are literally the blue collar worker. Like every mm-hmm. blue collar worker you've ever met that does some kind of dirty job or anything, like they are it. Like I don't know if they did like a case study where they shadowed real people working in the mines for like six months, but they were so good the way they like bartered for more money the way yeah. they were messing with ripley it was oh literal, when they mess with ripley, perfection and they and they see her coming so they turn the steam on and then when she leaves they turn the steam back off like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. it was a laugh out uh, loud moment for me yeah they were they, those two were fantastic and and right from the like the first words out of their mouth we got to start we got to talk about this money because there's more in it for us and you know, if if we're going to get that bonus, we need to start talking about that. Mm-hmm. And then Ash shuts him down so quick. And I loved how the one dude—I think it's Parker—just like he's like, "Is there anything else you want to talk about?" After they shut him down, he's like, "Well, by contract, you have to do what we're doing right now." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah." Or or we, they take all your money back away. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on board." Yeah, yeah, he was so good. The the one thing too that struck me about this movie and it it doesn't feel like a nineteen seventies movie like just the production quality of the set pieces the set pieces like this should be an attraction in Disney like the entire oh, set yeah. of this ship like the and, and everything ship should be oh yeah yeah I, but the sound the sound of the scene the Im, like the important scenes was was I don't know I want to say strange but maybe like realistic. I don't know if that's even it, but when the alien comes out of Kane's chest and the, the the audio just sounds strange, like how they're, they're all freaking out and you can only mm-hmm. hear them and then it stops and then you hear the thing go off and it comes out of his chest. It's just the way that they presented it or mixed the audio is just so different and, and weird. Yeah. Yeah, it, I completely agree with that. It's it's a very jumbled, like, they probably didn't have the greatest audio while filming it, so they tried to add in audio after the fact, because you could clearly tell uh, John Hurt's, like, grunting is not what he's doing on camera. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the little squeaky, like, sounds that the chest burster makes. And I, I, I think... I'm not completely positive, but I think I I heard that they never told Veronica Cartwright that his chest and all this blood was going to come spurting out. So like that was a real reaction of hers because she didn't know that was coming. How great was his hands when the thing was at his chest? His hands are shaking like this. Yeah. And he's like dead, but his hands are still like twitching. I picked up on that too. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I, not to throw everybody off course, but, I could not shake the fact that Ash was Bilbo Baggins the entire movie. I didn't even realize it until you said that. Yeah, he, like totally every time yeah. I would see his face, I was like, 
because Bilbo is like this kindly old elf or this kindly old hobbit who just wants to smoke, uh, you know, a pipe and walk to a mountain. And Ash is so sinister that it's so jarring mm-hmm. because I guess these those are his two most famous roles, right? Alien and uh, I guess to American audiences and War of the Rings. It's just to see him be so criminal. That's like, no, Bilbo, mm-hmm. stop. These are good people, but the uh, yeah. well, in the beginning Back- of Lord of the Rings, he looked like a psychopath. Remember with that ring? No, nah, that's he made true. That weirdo face. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. him for that two could have hours. Been a callback. That was an homage to Ash. I remember reading him saying on the set. Yeah, like, in his is, uh, is, in his autobiography, uh, this is like I, mm-hmm. I'm doing a callback <laughs> to my Ash days. How good though? Ha- I mean the subtext that Ash gives until basically he gets dismembered is so good. Like it's so difficult to play a robot, but you know, Ian Holm does Ian Holmes his name, right? Ian Holm Mm -hmm. does it so well Mm -hmm. that he does. There's, there's definitely like a drop, like a subtext of drive of single mindedness to him Mm that is robotic and artificial but is portrayed by a person through acting like it's so good like they they really hit it out of the park by casting him in this role yeah the way i thought it was every one of his like weird reactions or thinking of like his expecting something like before you realize that he's the bad guy and he's uh you know expecting for bad things to happen you almost wonder if there's like some like bad editing going on for his reaction because you're like why is he kind of reacted like when like when they're all eating breakfast at the table after john hurt wakes up mm-hmm. and he's like longingly staring you just like that doesn't you, at first you're just like that doesn't really mix like that doesn't blend with like what the rest of the people are doing because it was so like, it's so out of left field, the reaction, but it's not so sinister looking that you can, you can pinpoint right away that he's a bad guy or something like that. It's just this middling reaction. You're not quite sure if it was expected or not. Like it was so well done. Yeah. How about, I agree. How about when, uh, he, reveals himself and he goes kind of kooky and he like tries to kill Ripley and just rolls up a magazine and tries yeah. to stick her down her gullet like what a, stick it what, in her mouth like, what a weird like uh, maybe his like sensors a, were like he were could choke her up he could like, choke her neck use your hands he could your break her neck hands to choke her yeah. to death use your inhuman strength <laughs> to just like twist her head off I mean, even like, if he what had is the magazine, yeah, even if he had no strength, all he has to do is cover her mouth and hold her nose for like yeah. 10 seconds. It's game over for her. I think well, probably I'd wanna, I would want to know what <laughs> I would want to know what he was expecting to accomplish by rolling up the magazine. I don't think anyone's ever been killed in that way in the history of this planet. That <laughs> <laughs> that would be his first choice, right? To grab a magazine and roll it up and throw it in her mouth. How about and how about when he uh, like breast grabs Yafat Kodo, like <laughs> him fighting Parker is just like him like grabbing onto his chest. Those are like, his with two, his five fingers, his two 
death moves magazine (laughs) throat and rip off breast you know it was so claw at the chest it was so short into their journey to the two-day window they didn't have time to upload the combat program yeah he got like one percent of combat protocols how about when uh kane uh kane's dead and they need to like get rid of his body and they jettison his body at like 300 miles an hour out of that tube. <laughs> it's like this somber scene and then he presses the button and he jumps out. And it's like a straight torpedo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, does, does he really need to be going that fast? Can you just like kick him out and he'll just find his way through space? Yeah. He's just going to end up now. He's just going to be zipping through space at 300 miles an hour rather than like floating infinitely. It's casually. like, it's, it, they're, you know, it's just like the scene from Star Trek two where Spock gets shot out in a torpedo. The bagpipes <laughs> going. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a great frightening concept uh, from the face hugger, like melting through Kane spacesuit mm. to attach himself. It's just, it's pretty terrifying stuff. I mean, I like when I I remember when I was little, and I would catch glimpses before I had even seen the movie. I would you know you catch glimpses of the face huggers in certain media or whatever. I just remember being like completely enamored, or like maybe obsessed. Like what? That thing is terrifying. Like, yeah. I just remember yeah. having a complete sense of dread over the facehuggers. I, I, I have seen this movie before, and the facehuggers still—it's still, still mm-hmm. this concept scares me to death. Yeah. The um, how about when they're on the ship? Um, well, two things. But when they get onto the ship and they see the quote space jockey, the guy that's in the chair. That scene mm-hmm. is so gorgeous. Oh, so yeah. well designed where they see the, the dead body sitting there and he's huge. But when Kane walks by the eggs and one of them starts hatching, I mean, mm-hmm. what would compel you to stay right face first into this alien egg that's hatching? <laughs> yeah. You get yeah, really. the F out of there. Get 10 feet away from it. Uh-huh. Safe distance. Maybe put your hand up in front of your face like just in case it's something bad. But now he just stays there right in front of it. Yeah, that's it's that's probably not. I mean, you don't know what's going to come out of there. What if like magma shot out of there? Like you don't know what's going to shoot out of that thing, pulsating egg. I mean, what would I just? What would you do? You're in space. You have to investigate an alien ship that crashed. That sh- that scene was amazing too. Seeing the ship and like the home oh video footage. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole scene where Ash watches them go to the site, and it's like like UHF quality videotape mm-hmm. was so like yeah and th- and they turn on the flood like it's pitch black and they say turn on the floods and it's just like the floods come on and it's just like what's the word like it is uninhabitable mm-hmm. out there this this is what i like about these movies better than movies like star trek like their motif is like this very pristine clean version of the future where there's digital touch pads and it's very stylish uh and movies like star wars and this movie like it and blade runner it's like a lived in universe like it makes more sense to have toggle switches on a spaceship than a touch screen right because you want hard contact 
technology because you're going to be in situations where if something breaks, it's very hard to replace a glass screen. So like for me, Mm -hmm. it still holds up from 79 to 2017 to being this kind of retro futuristic technology. And uh, it, it like, I immediately felt like the like it, I just said like Luke's green lightsaber as soon as I saw the Nostromo, because it's like the the comparison is in the prequels and whatever. There's these beautiful single metal cut pieces for the lightsabers, right? And you're kind of like, yeah, I, I get it, but Luke's lightsaber is like this cobbled piece of technology that mm-hmm. that you had to get this same result, right? Lightsaber blade, but in two different ways. And the cobbledness of the Nostromo to me makes more sense in a story than like mm-hmm. these nice, smooth, spacefaring missiles. Like yeah. this, this is where I could see our technology going and getting us in the space. It would look like this, not Star Trek. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, no, I do. I think like Nostromo might be. I don't know. It's one of my absolute favorite set pieces in any movie ever. And the when I when we watched Blade Runner and Deckard was like CSIing that the photograph and the sounds that that machine and, and that process was making, the Nostromo is like everything compares to that to me. Like the Nostromo and the noises it makes with its computer readouts and stuff and and just how you have to interact with it like when uh ripley is like engaging the self-destruct process Mm. there's like pistons she's like pushing in and toggles she's switching like there's these this this 50 step process to engage the self-destruct mechanism and it's not just like on an ipod touch you know Mm -hmm. confirm that you want to self-destruct yeah confirm again like two two confirmations of yes she's like pushing in these pistons and like twisting them to, you know, like it feels like you're doing something like you're blocking the cooling from working like the cooling system by like interrupting it with these rods and stuff like that the um the space jockey i remember from for decades this people theorize what the space jockey was doing like before it crashed and there was like theories that it was, you know, uh, researching extraterrestrial life or whatever. And I think in Prometheus, when they were making Prometheus, they originally wanted the the, the story to be the tale of the space jockey. Like, mm-hmm. what was the story before he crashed? But I think it ended up being his people, which they thought were like the forerunners to civilization, right? And then that they wanted to wipe out humanity. So but like, why? I, th- I think for me, they don't, I don't think they revealed it in the movie, but I think it starts with Wayland going to like, they get a, a map of some kind that leads them to like the, uh, the alleged forerunners of civilization. And they try to go meet them and mm. it goes from there. It goes poorly. I'm sure contact was a better story fantastic movie yeah maybe that's what we should do next I, week oh god uh, contact last samurai oh god <laughs> jesus it's gonna be amazing you guys yeah prometheus i always get literally no more than 35 minutes in and i fall asleep every time i watch it <laughs> it's but like I, isn't the cast like out of control like michael fassbender and uh charlie's yeah, the robot yeah 
yeah, it's one of those movies that I'm always saying that I'm going to sit down and watch and just never do it. I think that's one of the, f- for, for to my recollection anyway, that's like the first movie they released early on digital. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I bought it like the day it came out. Uh, it might have been the first movie I ever bought on Amazon. And uh, I still haven't watched it. <laughs> like it's I've never watched it completely. It's like a weird. It's like a weird idea for a movie. Like, or maybe it just didn't work. Maybe people had high expectations to like tell the story of the space jockey character, but right. it was like the story of his people, and it did. I don't think it really worked. You know, I think remembering that isn't like Damon Lindelof like an executive producer. He like he wrote it and then. He like stopped doing stuff because it didn't go very well or something. I uh, you know I haven't really liked Damon Lindelof since season six of Lost. Season but, six, even yeah, yeah, five it started to go kind of go downhill, and six I thought was just not good, like compared comparatively to the how great the first three seasons were. And I don't know if it's Damon Lindelof's fault, but. It always left like a sour taste in my mouth on like his projects, and I even le- I I watched the leftovers on HBO, which was a, a series that he moved on to, mm. and it's pretty good. But I can see the same thing repeating at the end of season two of Leftovers that I see it lost. I couldn't even get f- through season one of Leftovers, and like nothing happened. In yeah, every, like one morsel of something happens in in an episode, and and the rest is like emotional filler. I can't, I couldn't deal with it. the The second season, I think, is seven or eight episodes, and I think the story could have been told in three. The finale of season two is great because you're like it changes the whole world of the leftovers, but to get there is a journey that I really didn't want to take. Mm. Mm. So, I don't know. Mm. But, yeah. I mean, back back to the, the meat and potatoes. This movie is, I mean, maybe we should do Aliens when Dale gets back and just do I, the whole quadrilogy. I'm not going to lie to you, I did suggest that before he came on oh, the call. He did, Jonesy. Yeah, we're back. all on the same page right now. Because <laughs> I would yeah. love, like, getting to Alien Resurrection and just, that's the one where it's, like, in a prison, right? With Winona Ryder. Does she play like the young Ripley clone or something? Mm. I'm, big, I'm a big sucker for that. I've movie. never really? seen it. I've never seen yeah. it. So I know people don't like it, but I like it. It's you know, David for, Fincher. For me, guys, w- w- would you mind doing the whole set of movies? <laughs> it's the winter oh of God. the Alien quadrilogy. Yeah. Sounds like. Alien. Let's. I mean, just picture it. Alien quadrilogy. Sigourney Weaver. Uh, Calls pivot. It. Pivot. Sigourney Jennifer Love Hewitt, Heartbreakers. <laughs> Pivot, Jennifer Love, Jennifer Love Hewitt, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Summer Sumner. Pivot, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, uh, Pivot. A summer Catch. Johnny Galecki. Summer Catch. <laughs> summer Catch. <laughs> who was, uh, who was the, the co-lead in Summer Catch? What was her name? I feel like it was, oh, it was, um, it was Jessica Biel, Jessica wasn't Biel. it? Jessica Biel. A young Pivot. Jessica Biel. Pivot. Jessica Biel. Another movie that she was in besides Summer Catch. Blade 3. Pivot. <laughs> Blade 3. <laughs> See, my God. Wesley, the roadmap writes itself. Wesley Snipes. Another Pivot. That... U.S. Marshals. <laughs> <laughs> we just plotted out our next 10 episodes, so we're almost <laughs> oh done, God. really. 
I think piv- hashtag yeah. pivot could be a thing. God, <laughs> what an amazing idea. That would be an amazing podcast idea. The, the movies, anything. Yeah. Done. You really could do anything. Done. Jonesy, you did it. After 278 episodes. I finally successfully executive produced part of the show. <laughs> Live. There you have it. Alien, 1979. Mm. Do yourself a favor, people, and go watch it again if it's been a while. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us letterman right on there. Our our only letter this week comes to us from first time writer. Oh please. Yes, I'm right. Cut that part out. Or this is the one I drunkenly tweeted about. Yeah, I, I, I knew you were drunk because of the the f word that you threw into that tweet. I knew it. I knew it. So he writes, uh, "Hey keggers, long I'm only human long t- <laughs> Probably pivot. having a Papa John's pie when you exactly. said that tweet. That's where I was going to pivot. <laughs> pivot. Pivot. I'm Crust, only human. Crossed into the garlic sauce. To enjoy things. <laughs> Pivot. I can never what I eat whatever I choose. <laughs> hey, Geggers, long-time listener, first-time letter writer here. I've been listening to Paper Keg for a few years, and I just wanted to say that it's my favorite podcast. Last week's deep dive into the world of professional wrestling was incredible. I am an avid fan of the Dale underscore A variety, uh, i.e. I watch roughly three times a year, but boy, do I love it. And hearing your hot takes on the recent Royal Royal Rumble was great. I loved The Undertaker when I was growing up, and it was sad seeing the dead man so <laughs> old and decrepit. But hey, we can't all age like Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Taker, come on, Taker. Anyway, I have two small requests before the big 300. One, we really need a three-man The Flap Style episode or an entire episode that's just a fireside. And two... It would be all pivot. Uh, and two, if we would, it would be awesome if you guys would do one last run of t-shirts. The last time you printed shirts, I was a little too broke to afford it, but it would be all over some sweet PK merch if you were able to swing it again. Uh, VP of one last time. Uh, thanks for years of great entertainment. Seriously. Listening to you guys talk about comics and life every week is one of my favorite things to do. The friendship you have and easy chemistry is so fun to listen to, and we're all lucky that you decided to make this podcast for so long. I know I'm supposed to troll Jonesy here, but I can't bring myself to do that, so I guess this letter is over. You all rock. Cheers. It's Mark, uh, and he goes by the uh, handle of at Hark It's Mark on the Twitter, and uh, P.S. Feel free to read this on the era. I guess I should have started with that before I read the whole letter, but <laughs> fantastic letter. Yeah, great so letter. We kind of almost did a, a fireside to start this episode. I think we talked for like twenty five minutes before we even got to Alien. Yeah, yeah. Talked about people not going to work during a snowstorm because yeah. they're smoking their marijuana mm. cigarettes. Talked about food shaming people, Twitter food shame. Yeah, it's really the worst thing you can do to a human being. You know. Do you want me to stop at the all night Papa John's, bring a pie over to your house, Matt? We just eat it. 
mm-hmm. you know, got class, I think, in the morning. I don't know if I really want to It's It's 11 run. at the time of recording, so what, do you have class? What do you go for? I mean, not 20 being, minutes from now, I got to go to class. Is it five you go to or six? <laughs> uh, I tried five one day, and it killed me for the rest of the day, so I can only do six o'clock class. Yeah. Health update. Uh, I got steamrolled in my class all night tonight. I feel like garbage. Hot garbage. Jeez. Health mm. update. My forearms are irritated by the forearm destructive deodorant of martial artists who are far superior to me in skill. Hot pink. Like a hot tender do pink do in all, color. Do all of your instructors smell good or they do some get a little gamey in in the class? Uh well, one like so when you do um, sparring, even if it's uh, uh, what we would call like uh, application sparring, so like if sparring is at a ten or in full gear, application sparring you're supposed to do like a two or a three, uh, so you can try to perform techniques and kind of apply what you know in realistic situations. Uh, the problem is like once you get fighting, like. You can't stay at a two or a three like the adrenaline like kicks in and you know you get hit a couple times and and you start going faster so it's hard to like keep yourself at a, a measured pace so like you end up like I got jabbed in the eye I got hit on the chin with like a left cross like Just, it this was, isn't answering my question at all I asked if these men stunk <laughs> is that what your question was <laughs> wow I just got was. totally on a tangent game gamey. gamey. Stinky, so yes, and the bad bo. Th- no, he's like, well, actually, if they come in with the high <laughs> crane kick, and you b- wing up to, I don't know. Are, are we? Are we? Like are we? Shaming? Gen Z sounds like Dave Chappelle, white man, when he's talking <laughs> about it too. Thanks, Dale. Thanks for for maneuvering the ire of food shaming to me. I appreciate you passing that off. Does it make you feel better? Pivot. Does it pivot? Shame Jonesy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So even I me, just like, needed a little pick me up, Jonesy. Where, where, I, I, where I was going is because you you can't stay to two or three, you really start to sweat. Like it's a lot of cardio. So yeah, you get gamey. That's so. Have you ever it. been put in like a headlock by another yeah. dude, and his nasty boy God. pits were like so bad that you almost passed out, or you had to break the hold faster? No, but what's upsetting uh, orally is like if you like do groundwork. And the person's wearing like sweaty socks, oh, and and you've got to like, God. you've got to put like so. There's you ever hear of a heel hook? So heel hook is like you hold the f- the foot in the crook of your elbow, and to perform <laughs> the lock face. <laughs> so pu- I guess felt something putrid. A better example is like an ankle lock, where you put your forearm under the fleshy part of the heel, and to get the lock, you have to like sink your chest to where your hands are and pull up and then the the technique is to breathe in to like to set the lock to base it out and you breathe in if they got like a sweaty gym sock you literally breathe in the sweaty gym sock oh, particles as you right. I, I mean to like take your socks off in these classes I see uh, people in like jujitsu they're wearing oh. chafe guards those like skin tight outfits so they don't wear socks well no. And then you cut somebody with your long toenails. You gotta so, cut your toenails, these people. I, I wear I wear compression socks when I do martial arts because I don't like to wear 
to walk barefoot on the mats. It's just a thing I don't like to do. Some people wear sneakers, and I don't get, get it. Ringworm doing that. Um, no, I feel but, like it's an unfair advantage. That's like Roman people, Reigns wearing a bulletproof vest. This guy's walking in wearing exactly. sneakers. Actually, sidekick you to to wear sneakers and to do groundwork makes groundwork easier for the person against that person. Sneakers make it easier to get you in a lock because it's almost like a natural handle versus just a foot. I don't know about sense. these crumb bums in your class. There's yeah. their stinky yeah. socks. Listen, they're their all sneakers. my they're all my brothers. They're all good good guys. You know. Okay. You've you you've ever stepped your pound. Remember Dale? He can't eat pizza that he likes. Let's get back to that. <laughs> all right. So next week. We don't know yet what we're going to do, if it's going to be Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey oh, in God. contact. Mm. And well, also, might I add that, uh, what's his face? Is it Dallas is in that movie, too. Tom Skerritt, isn't it? Tom Skerritt plays the protagonist. Pivot. pivot. Alien. Go. That's our pivot. There you go. Contact. Uh, or if it's going to be... About the be- you guys are going to have the best episode ever. God, no, I, I cannot wait. Listen, you guys don't I'm even know how jealous in. I was of you guys for the wrestling episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, you guys can had you so much fun. Contact one of the very first DVDs I've ever bought, ever. Do you that remember your Austin first Powers. DVD? Awesome. I remember Powers. my first DVD. I'm kind of ashamed of it now. The Matrix. Austin Powers was mine. Really? Yeah. What a strange coincidence that is. That is. Yeah. I I had to. Uh, I'm sorry to step all over, <laughs> but that was my first D- DVD, right? So that like pivoted me. That made me upgrade like my whole entire setup because I I had the DVD player, and I didn't have a TV with uh, inputs, mm. the right inputs. So I tried going through my VCR, and it would. But that didn't work. Do you remember when you used to? I did the same thing, but when you used to plug it in through the VCR, my GE DVD player had uh, copyright protection, so it would fade mm-hmm. the video because it thought you were trying to make a copy of it. Oh, that's exactly wow. what mine did. So it made me like it made me buy a whole new TV. So I ended up like buying this whole new TV with S video. S because video. The, oh my god. Because the DVD player had S video out. Wow. It was it was a whole scene. Wow. S video. Just you guys so ever I could watch a, this F and Austin Powers DVD. You ever have a tube TV that was both a combo cassette and DVD? Cassette? Oh, yeah, VHS. yeah. Built into yeah. The my, TV. Yeah, my uh, my dad had one in his master bedroom. It was like a small 20-inch TV, huge tube, but you could have a cassette tape and you could put a DVD in it. And I remember That's how he used to tape the VCW. Thing. It was a VCR built into the TV. He used to tape it at night. Yeah. I, I also remember having, um, do you guys ever have the remote for your cable that was like a, a tablet and like you would have mm-hmm. a, a rocker switch and then 20 press buttons it was like an atari controller and you would have to go to like band one two or three and then it like channel hbo would be like band two channel 20 Mm. and you would like maybe have it on a coffee table and you didn't actually have a clicker you would have to do the the band switches i remember getting a uh dvdr DVD player that you could record your own DVDs, and I thought that was going to be the next big thing. I, w- I was like recording TV shows, recording Hell's Kitchen, The Apprentice, onto DVD. That thing worked like twenty percent of the time. It was awful. 
<laughs> it was the biggest piece of garbage. Oh, man, that's great. Remember they used to make DVD plus R's, uh, DVD yeah. minus RW's? Oh, my God. You what had a to, like, mess. You had to, like, constantly Google and, like, remind yourself what it what what you, what you they were so you didn't know, you didn't make, the like, the wrong buying choice. Yeah, I mean, even getting a CD writer for my HP Pavilion was the, the big deal. You could, like, make your own CDs. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I, uh, it's funny when I bought this iMac, uh, I asked the young lady who settled to me, I was like, where does the CDs go in the side? And she looked at me like I had 14 heads. She's like, what do you mean a CD drive? And I'm like, well, what if I want to make a DVD of a movie? She's like, why would you make that? Why would you ever want to do that? It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know if it was a generation gap, but I felt like such a turd after that conversation. <laughs> like I had no idea what I was doing about anything. That makes me think about the story that I told. Remember when you tried to play that family video that you made on your TV? <laughs> <laughs> what episode was, like, was that? Oh, I want to oh. go back and listen to that story. Was it one of Jack's birthday? Yeah, yeah, it was like the birthday uh, slideshow. <laughs> That was an amazing thing. I had no idea how to... I still could tell you how I did it. Jonesy I was just randomly to send a video from his iMac two rooms away to his Apple TV that may or may not have been set to the Apple TV input on the TV. Having no idea if it was playing, he was just <laughs> winging it. Not asking anyone to verify a video was playing. <laughs> no, no, no. I asked you people... And nobody would answer. Is it on yet? And then just, <laughs> just glance her from the other room. Yeah, but then you stopped asking. You still just sat there for <laughs> seven minutes. And I was like, Jesse, you need help? And you're just like stewing. There's steam coming out of your ears like a coffee pot. <laughs> I was aggravated. It's true. <laughs> what, a, what a day. What a show. Just- Magical. You brought up uh, Hell's Kitchen, and I just, I laughed because earlier today I watched this v- video, I think it might have been Master Chef Junior or whatever, he was like, he's talking to a blind girl who made the apple pie. Oh, Did Master that? Chef. Was, it, was she Asian? She was Asian, yeah. Yeah. It was like, chef. it was like a beautiful scene, like I'm getting like misty and teary-eyed and he's like scraping like she was didn't have confidence in the pie and he's like scraping a knife on top of the pie like telling her like you just got to believe in yourself because this is a a gorgeous pie and everybody's like comment like yeah this is amazing (laughs) and then i was like at the very end it's like dubbed and he like takes a bite of the pie and he screams it's inedible like (laughs) (laughs) she went on to win that season oh wow she won yeah she got her own book oh wow, that's beautiful there was a bunch of uh, episodes like that where they they hit the emotional music mm-hmm. and they're tasting it and they're like this is the greatest thing i've ever had in my life and everyone behind them is just like crying the other chefs and <laughs> i love master chef <sighs> yeah God. we have fun love it did you um did you watch last season of Hell's Kitchen? No, I uh we haven't finished it. It's on Hulu. I actually I don't know, for whatever reason I need a, I think I need a break from Master Chef or not Master Chef Hell's Kitchen. Well, do you recall the uh contestant named Johnny, blonde hair, beard, kinda wears it in like a samurai knot? Was he a tool bag? Yeah. 
I think I remember. Well, I should, hopefully he doesn't listen. He's the oh. head cook <laughs> at Harrigan's. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. the old Rosemore. I think, so, he, I think he was a J-bag in that show. I uh, his well, son, that could have been his character. I don't know. Uh, well, that could have been too, yeah. So you remember I, I helped judge their chili contest for Chill Abundance <laughs> like two months? Yeah. You didn't know that? I remember that. I didn't know that, no. He was my co-judge. Oh. Really? Yeah. And that's was he billed as kitchen. Master Chef contestant or yeah. House Kitchen contestant? No, he like he works there. He's the chef for Harrigan's Pub. Hmm. You think they would bill it though, like to bring bring in some Maybe his uh, yeah. his chef outfit has to stink like cigarettes. <laughs> no, he va- he's a uh, he vapes. He's a vapor. Oh boy! Not yeah. anybody else in that bar. They all smoke cigarettes. I mean, let, me, let let me be clear. I actually like Johnny. He's a good guy. <laughs> Let me be clear. I'm not I trash talking anybody. Let me backtrack a little bit on this <laughs> S head that I was just trashing. <laughs> Let me backpedal. Like him a lot. I just said a you know, he, probably you know he listens. He listens every week. He's going to be crestfallen when he listens no. to this segment. No, he's not because he knows me in real life and knows I like him and he's a good guy. So relax with that. I, I don't need to relax. I, yeah, Johnny. Perfect. So when you're listening this. to this, and now the time has come. So, I was just I'm kidding, Johnny. I, I'm sure your clothes smell fine. <laughs> In a place that allows smoking. Harrigan's allows smoking? Oh my, do you remember the... Yeah. I have, Do you oh, remember the night God. we had to pick up Catcher for the train station? Yeah, that's when we went to Harrigan's and I was... Oh my God. I, it was, I was like... It was in my own personal nightmare. <laughs> breathing in the cigarette smoke. And, you know, it for me, like that was my spot so like i don't it doesn't even register for me that people might not want to go there because of oh, the smoke God. i felt i dragged dale in i'm sure he had a terrible time i had a fun time but dale, dale was like we have to leave now to pick up cash i'm like no 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 let's just have like two or three more beers <laughs> sure that might, be an, that might have been an early introduction for dale to witness jonesy time oh yes <laughs> in real life believe you me i was like wallflower in that place he was uh he came in paint a little picture for you like when ac slater told everybody he was dying so zach threw him the uh, luau to like the f- goodbye luau so ac slater comes at like carrying him in on a chair with like a lay on his <clears throat> like a lay headband on like that's Jonesy. Like he walks in, they sit down, and people like are at a Greek wedding. They pick him up and carry him over <laughs> their heads. Yeah. And I'm just like, <clears throat> like Miss, like Dave Sale is like concerned for my well being. He's like texting me, make sure I'm okay. Yeah, because like you, you know, don't know what you're getting into in these things. Yeah, it was I, incredible. Know, I no longer, I no longer go down the rabbit hole when I go. I out. don't know, Jonesy. No, like yeah, Q3, no, Q316. It's, it's perfectly fine, dude. And you know what? You were the like. It's not like you get to do it a whole lot either. So you do it, man. I'm not. I am not criticizing you. What? Let's let's. But when it was Q three sixteen, when what did Catcher's I do? Train came in at twelve o'clock, and we still <laughs> we, we could like still fifty. No, it, it was like twelve twenty when we left. <laughs> oh and then God. in his we get in his Chevy Avalanche, and yeah. uh, we had to go to Philadelphia's thirtieth Street Station. So in his GPS on his dash, he just types in thirtieth <laughs> Street. Like, and it takes us to like this address 
in like Swarthmore, PA or something. It's and nowhere it's like, near where we are. We're like in this neighborhood. He's like, I don't think we're in the right place. I'm like, this is not 30th Street train station in Philadelphia. He just not types in 30th Street or something and <laughs> trusts it hard, to take you where you're horrifying. I would have opened the door while driving and, <laughs> and rolled out, out and taken my chances on the highway walking home. I would hire myself a stretch limo to go pick up catcher. And <laughs> so, so back to back to Q three sixteen. What did I do there? I didn't go down the you, rabbit you hole. Were in, you were in pure Jonesy Hamtown mode. You were you were like it was the uh, what, what casino did you visit? When well, you saw the gin blossoms. That was the casino, and you were you were starting a four four night show. <laughs> you were on at Q three sixteen or PK meetup. Q three sixteen, peak, peak Jonesy. Oh. We talked about peak woman last last week. Peak that was, was peak Jonesy. I, everybody wanted to have like three cores lights and go home. You know, I three cores. Yeah, three beers. I'm just getting cranked up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is a Epitaph. caricature of an alcoholic. What you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting whooped up, now, guys. Come on, three cores lights. Jensen's got like beers in his back pocket. He's throwing them at people. Been there. I've had beers oh, in my back pocket. God. I think Hell I was ordering two at a time. And it's very, very rarely I get let off the leash, you know? Yeah. Got to take advantage, you know? <laughs> I think that's also a character statement. Rare that you get off the marriage leash. You're off. Off the grid. No cell phone signal. Nobody knew who I was. No Wi-Fi signal, barely in that place. Oh, we remember we had to reboot that router like every so often. Twelve to thirteen seconds. God, internet would just stop working. I mean, it was tough. We had a tough go of it. Yeah, really. Remember we got to uh, we got to test drive Karate Chop's Jeep. Oof. Yeah. Oh God, Jonesy and I just tore out of that driveway in Karate's Jeep. It had the newer V6 you were telling me about, or is it an I6? <clears throat> I think it's a V6. And uh, the 2010 that I had had a much weaker engine. And then we got in Karate's because from 2012 on, they started putting the Pentastar V6 in there. Holy moly. I couldn't believe how how much pickup that Jeep had. Mm -hmm. Because I had a Cherokee and it was a 94 Cherokee. And that that, that was an I6. And I think it sucked. I mean, it had great gas mileage, but... As far as pick up and go, it didn't really have it. But I thought that Wrangler tore a. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sorry, tore a. Tore a. Point that out. Sorry. We drove Finished. down to the Oxbow Inn. They had a car show there. Oh yeah, and the guy had a '65 Mustang. Whew. Chatted with him for and a that couple was Trump, months. That was Trump's America. We were in the thick of it in that bar. Several Trump shirts. Was there? Yeah. Oh man, I was just too busy loving life. With the with the ex- with the with the slight exception of the possible two old lesbians that were we were befriending, oh, sat next God. to us. Those ladies were great. They were amazing. No. They were tops. No, no, no. They no, were amazing. No. <laughs> God. Oh, what remember a scene. I was the only one who wanted to do shots. I, I I suggested maybe we should all have a shot, and you looked at me like I was the biggest a hole on the planet. Who did me? All you guys. Maybe we should all do a shot of whiskey, and you guys all went. What? <laughs> What's that? Bit? You need to go to a home and get through a program. 
I think we just wanted to get back and, you know, bond at the house. Yeah, we didn't want to bond with these strange 60-year-old women that were at the bar barely putting English together in their slurred voices. I mean, because, you know, once Jonesy and I get to drinking, we would have had those ladies back at the house drinking heavily by the around the fire. Right. Ping pong tournament. Actually, that would have been pretty fun if we could play them in ping pong. Yeah, it would have. Remember the time that I, I worked my way up to the whole bracket and then you embarrassed me like a toddler trying to yes. play ping pong with you? I yes. do. God, infuriating. Infuriating. <laughs> to which, I don't know if any of anybody knows the story, I asked Catcher to play to like just so I could win and then proceeded to like dismantle him emotionally because mm-hmm. I was so pissed off at you for mm-hmm. undressing me. That was a great night. Yeah. Double elimination. Oh, man. Five-man bracket. <laughs> Five-man. We used the terrible Wi-Fi to download a bracket. A double elimination yeah. bracket that I was editing by hand on my phone. <laughs> Never seen anything like it before in my life. Yeah. I mean, that's like when you're out in the middle of nowhere, that's what you have to do. You know? Yeah, really you rough in it. Improvise. You got to improvise. You got to be one with your surroundings Mm -hmm. and use your iPhone 7 to update a PDF. Exactly. By hand. Like they used to. And trust. You got to trust and believe in the rules of a five man tournament bracket that the first web page you read, because you can't just keep surfing the web until (laughs) you find the right rules, because the Wi Fi doesn't allow for that. So Slim's like, oh, yeah, this, yeah, this, no, these rules I'm reading. Are definitely the rules for a five-man tournament <laughs> with five participants. Listen, five-man tournament sounds impossible, but once you throw in double elimination, five-man bracket, awesome. you you will believe mm-hmm. believe that it can happen. Yeah, you got to believe. Listen, I don't want any naysaying. We all have to believe that it can happen again. Q3, 17. It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. I mean, our wives, weren't they together uh, last week? Weren't they supposed to be talking about some time off together so that we can do it again? Maybe they can spy it. Maybe they didn't. I'll have to check with mine, see if they talked about it. Damn. You know, at this point, now we're looking at Q1, 18. Oh, my God. If we're being honest with each other. God, in the snow. Q419. Oh, I'd be pretty into the snow, to be honest, though. In the snow. Depends on how much snow. I mean, because we're seeing, we all follow the Adirondacks Instagram accounts now, and it's like Uh the lake is covered in snow. They're Uh walking on the lake. Uh Uh-huh. And I need to get out on that lake. Yeah. I can't be walking on snow in the lake. No. No. Unless we start getting into hiking big time, and we go hiking up in the mountains. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> Hour up, 20. Jonesy and I plan a night at the Oxbow. You know? <laughs> like a night that we need. <laughs> that we could judge for pretty harshly. <laughs> Mid-evening. <laughs> Mid-evening. <laughs> Mid-evening. See, the problem is I don't judge out loud in these situations. I just keep to myself. But even now, me keeping to myself becomes 
in overt judgment. So I, I, there's no win situation for me in these moments. I can't mouth off and troll, and I can't keep my mouth shut. It's no win. You're you're at your most trollish when you just say things like mm, "No, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> right? Can I buy you a drink, Slim? Mm, no, thank you. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. No. Yeah. Guy can't buy a childhood friend a drink. You know, you know that makes me guy, a scumbag. I tried to cut out alcohol of his life from his life for a period of time, you know, and he just couldn't get not judged during this period of time. Yeah. Trying to make life changes. Right. Scum. You're scum, scum Slim. Idiot. idiot. How dare uh, you try to cut out alcohol? Idiot. Idiot F. You're a man. Idiot. Yeah? Trying to do what's what best for you. With it. Idiot. <laughs> Go eat some Papa John's. Idiot. No. It's like just the worst no. idea ever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord. Maybe we should end it there. Q1 2018. Oh, my God. <laughs> Immersion. Foot. <laughs>